0: I think I'm going to start doing what Joe Biden does every day. I'm just going to look at my notes so I know what to do. Because I don't really have any idea what I'm supposed to do, and he never does either. So he's always looking down at his notes. So uh, I've got these handy-dandy new notes here, and it says that I'm supposed to talk about the FBI. Uh, first thing in the show. So that's what we're going to go with, Josh. We're going to talk about the FBI first, and then a little bit later on in the day, because, again, i gotta got to have my notes. Uh, school board meetings that are going to be happening here locally for those of you who are interested in that. Uh, Indiana farmers versus death vultures. That is a thing. And there's been a law change for you farmers out there that will allow you to go to war with vultures. It turns out that there's a a farmer vulture war in Indiana. I wasn't aware of this, but this is apparently a really big problem, so much so that the government basically gave farmers (laughs) permission to go kill vultures everywhere. Uh, Oh, and uh, Governor Whitmer is corrupt. I know. Shocking news. So that's hour one of the program today. Don't forget to go to Rumble.com slash Casey, the host, hit that subscribe button, share it with all of your friends and family, especially if they're liberals, because this will make them very, very happy. All right. So let's take a look at what's hap- happening with the uh, the FBI. Oh, hey, it turns out that the media lied to all of you. I I know you are stunned. You are shocked and or awed by all of this. I know that this comes as a bit, bit of a surprise for many of you leftists out there trying to wonder what in the world is going on. Literally, everybody who paid attention to what happened on January 6th knew what really happened. The only people who actually thought there was an insurrection, the only people who actually thought Trump incited anything, are imbeciles. I don't know how else to describe them. They're just single celled amoebas. That's all they are. It, it, it's crystal clear. You listen to the speech, Trump made it very clear no violence. Uh, they went after Roger Stone. They went after Alex Jones. And most of you know my history with Alex Jones it isn't always the best. I don't have a, a personal axe to grind with him. But a lot of the stuff that he did early on, he didn't really appreciate. I think he's I think he's altered himself quite a bit. Uh, he surrounded himself with some very talented people. I think that's helped him out. But they blamed Alex Jones for it. He's on video telling everybody not to enter the Capitol. That it, in fact, he specifically said it was a trap he's, he's right. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, Roger Stone has repeatedly been accused of inciting the violence, even though Roger Stone had nothing to do with anything that happened on January 6th. Parler was taken off of the internet and Parler, the excuse was that Parler, which we've already always, you know, we've known this from the very beginning. Parler was not a place where anything was organized at all. It was all The few people who did organize meeting up with other people they all did it on two platforms they did it on facebook and they did it on youtube they did it nowhere else to a lesser extent twitter but we've gone through all of this and and i digress Uh, but the point of the matter is everybody knows that this wasn't an insurrection anybody who's been in the military who knows what an insurrection actually looks like knows full well this was not an insurrection so you only had brain dead idiots running around going insurrection, insurrection insurrection the fact that people could not take a step back and realize that this was political framing purely for domestic political reasons, it's there's no hope for those people. They're not smart enough to realize they're stupid. Okay? My my old saying for God's sakes, give me a man smart enough to make a fool of himself. You're not dealing with those folks. They're dumb. So dumb they don't know that they're dumb. I used to I had this crazy conspiracy theorist listener in Las Vegas used to come up to me all the time. His name was, and I'm not making this up, his name was Captain Truth. And Captain Truth would always come up to me and he'd go, Casey, all I know is I don't know. And I would always respond with, I know. (laughs) That was his justification for every conspiracy theory that he peddled. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm just going to peddle it anyway. All right. So let's take a look at this. The FBI has released their findings on January 6th. and They have found that Trump was not responsible for it. Trump did not incite it, and there was no insurrection. They also said that 95% of all things that happened on January 6th uh, were one-off occurrences, and there's only about 5% that were organized in any serious or meaningful way, and a lot of those were tied with various uh, so-called militia groups. Now, at, at the risk of sounding repetitive, friendly reminder, we have videotape of some blm and antifa activists also inciting the riot again doesn't excuse everybody else for going along with it but it does highlight that there was a catalyst that may not have happened you you get in this groupthink thing thing anybody who studies writing anybody who studies mob mentality understands the actions of one or two people can set off the crowd right a person is smart people are dumb this is everybody understands the idea behind mob mentality. And suddenly we're supposed to excuse this idea as if it's not at all relevant. It's very relevant. And since we have videotape of Antifa activists starting some of the, uh, the rioting in certain areas of the Capitol, not all of them, but in certain areas of the Capitol. And since we do have some evidence showcasing police, letting people in, uh, there's a report last week that showcased uh, that the, the state, was not releasing video evidence of police officers allowing people through and actually waving them through. There is video of police officers waving people through and and trying to get them to go to bleachers and things of that nature. This does not excuse the rioting. I'm just saying that there were examples of people being let into areas where people are now being charged with trespassing, but they were let in there. We're not talking about people who deliberately broke the windows and broke into the Capitol. But a lot of people who went into the Capitol, we now know this, a lot of people who went into the Capitol were just following the broader crowd and were nowhere near window breaks. They didn't understand. Some of them have said anyway, and their stories seem at least plausible that they didn't understand that there had been a breach of the Capitol. They thought they were being waved in and were allowed in. And so some of them were in the Capitol. Some of them in in the Capitol continued to uh, clean up after those who had left a mess Others went around and took pictures as if they were tourists, and no, ladies and gentlemen in the media, that does not mean I am saying that they were just there touristing. That's not what anybody is saying. Uh, but there are certainly people who did breach that, and the, the problem is that that is a very small chunk of people. And right now, with the FBI doing their investigation and saying, hey, look, there was no insurrection, this has nothing to do with Trump's speech, he didn't incite anything, Alex Jones didn't incite anything. Nobody else incited anything. This just appeared to be a crowd that went nuts. Something else that has to be said. And I've said this, you know, from the day that this happened, it was crystal clear from some of the videos that we got. Some of the areas around the Capitol where violence did happen only happened after police fired canisters of flashbangs into the crowd. And before then, they were totally peaceful. So there is at least a small argument for some aspects of what happened on the Capitol to the police instigating it. You could argue that they were in an area that was restricted and they weren't supposed to be there. Okay, I suppose theoretically you could make that argument. They weren't violent. The video shows that they weren't violent until those canisters were fired. Oh, by the way, one of the guys who had a heart attack and died, died in the area right after the very first flashbang was set off. I don't know how many of you have experienced a flashbang. It can jolt your heart a little bit. So is it possible that he died as a result of that flashbang? Sure. Do we know that conclusively? No. But the fact that the FBI is out there saying all of this leads really to one question that everybody should be asking themselves as they turned on their televisions and opened up their newspapers and turned on their radios today. Whatever your preferred news source is, obviously beyond this show, whatever your preferred news source is, did they apologize to you today for calling it an insurrection and saying Trump incited a riot? Because if they didn't, may I suggest that you get a new news source? Politely, may I suggest that? So, once again, FBI comes out there. Uh, FBI cleared Roger Stone. FBI cleared Alex Jones. FBI cleared Donald Trump. FBI has said that 90 90 to 95% of these are one-off cases. Then you have the 5%, maybe, of these militia groups that were more closely organized. That is the direct quote to the the, uh, Reuters. Uh, Let's see. There was no grand scheme with Roger Stone and Alex Jones and all of these people to storm the Capitol and take hostages, according to a source uh, to Reuters. And again, you know, the, the the reality of the situation is not surprising. And as I've told you before, the same news media that peddled a conspiracy theory, as if it were the biggest story of the century for over four years, never apologized to you when it was conclusively proven to be complete and utter rubbish, And here they are again, while continuing to peddle new lies today. But the fact of the matter is the FBI has made it crystal clear that the entire media narrative about January 6th was false. Again, not surprising, but now you have the FBI saying it. So it's official, at least at this point in time. So this will play into the congressional committee that has been formed to look into all of this. Uh, This will also, you know, probably lead to some lawsuits. Roger Stone has already said that he's looking at suing CNN and others who have directly and specifically accused him of inciting riots at the Capitol. So I would expect that a lot of folks in the news media are going to get sued, which is really the proper course of action because the news media is drawing conclusions based on zero evidence whatsoever. And as I said, a lot of these people in the media, they're making it up themselves, but they're saying they have to cover themselves legally. They're saying anonymous source gave them that tip. So right now, it appears that the FBI is doing the, uh, the right thing, at least somewhat, with this report. Uh, they do say that there were some pockets, some groups and things like that, that they say may, may very well have organized some of what happened. Uh, but there's a lot more because something happened with the Capitol Police officer um, who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. Friendly reminder, the only person to be actually murdered uh, on January 6th. In spite of what any crazy lunatic Notre Dame professor would like to tell you, um, there were no hunting of police officers or murders of police officers or anything like that that happened on January 6th. But there was a young lady who was killed, and people are questioning the circumstances around that. There's been an update on that case. We'll talk about Ashley Babbitt's case coming up. News Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. Friday, I guess it officially happened on Friday. So they have been cleared in the shooting death of Ashley Babbitt. Uh, Now, if you go through and you take a look at some of the the information in their testimony, basically it was um, he didn't see the uniformed police officers outside of the door that he fired into. So he got to understand when he fired his weapon, he not only fired his weapon into a crowd, of unarmed people he did, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. Unarmed people can, in fact, do great damage. You've heard me make that case before. But I do find it interesting that nobody in the media is making that case now. They will make that case all day long when it comes to, you know, um, a certain media narrative that can be exploited. But the other thing is that there were, I believe, three uniformed police officers on the other side of that door that he fired at. He claims he didn't see the uniformed police officers. He claims he didn't know... The uniformed police officers were there. They were not given hats before they were deployed outside of those doors. He didn't know, he claims in his official testimony, he claims that he didn't know that there was a a, uh, basically a SWAT team that was making their way up the stairs behind the people who are protesting and rioting at those doors to clear them out. He claims he didn't know that. There's a lot of questions that go with how he doesn't know what the movements are of, his, of officers around him. There's a lot of questions that go into that. Um, so there's there's tons of stuff that basically what he's saying is I didn't know. He had heard reports there being pipe bombs and, in D.C. earlier, and there were. There were pipe bombs that were set at the the Democratic headquarters, the Republican headquarters. So he was taking those reports. He saw Ashley Babbitt had a backpack, and he basically assumed that she was the threat, and he shot her. That's essentially what we have. So he's been exonerated here. Um, but a lot of what he says in his story, in my opinion, don't add up, but that's coming from somebody who's never served in the Capitol Police and doesn't know their procedures. Okay, so you would need more people to come forward who have more knowledge of that to, to be able to weigh in on that intelligently. Um, Tucker Carlson and others have have called out the, the very bizarre behavior. So Owen Schroyer, Owen Schroyer works for InfoWars, which is Alex Jones's group. Owen has been charged with trespassing. He never entered the Capitol building. He was only outside. And there's video evidence of that, but he has been charged with trespassing anyway. Uh, They're saying that he was in a restricted area, but as I've already pointed out, there's plenty of video footage of people being waved into restricted areas. And if the police let you into a restricted area, can you really be charged with a crime for that? if you're being let in that is a really good question the Department of Justice there is a um, they've demanded that a judge send a January 6th protester back to jail for and I quote returning to conspiracy theories (laughs) have you ever heard of anything like this in the United States they return to conspiracy theories and so so the Department of Justice wants somebody sent back to jail Apparently, what ended up happening is they watched Mike Lindell's symposium online. And because they watched Mike Lindell's symposium on on the election online, the Department of Justice wants that person sent back to jail simply because they watched a video. So some of you were joking with Afghanistan. You're asking, when was a YouTuber going to get blamed for Afghanistan? Well, it's not for Afghanistan. No, now now it is about the the January 6th, riot, which the FBI has now confirmed is not an insurrection still waiting for apologies from the news media on that i know you're not going to get them you're not going to get them hey go online rumble.com slash casey the host watch the live stream hang out with us and of course hit that subscribe button we got more coming up 95 3 mnc why do we have trash daytime talk shows on in here josh Huh? What? No, I'm no, I'm I'm genuinely asking why we have trash dates. Why am I watching Maury and Springer all day? Because what? In case, breaking news, in case breaking news happens, we're watching the the CW. Okay, all right, good good to know. Good to know CW. It, it's CW, right? I don't know. Who cares? I just, every time I look up, there is some god awful thing happening on one of my TVs in here, and and. <laughs> Uh, hey, if you're looking to get away, you might need a newer vehicle. Go to rbcarcompany.com, check out their inventory, their special promotional offers, and of course, let them know that I sent you, rbcarcompany.com. This is an actual thing in Indiana. I didn't realize that this was happening, but apparently there is a war between vultures, specifically black vultures, which seems like a really racist thing for the Indy Star to publish, Black vultures are killing cows. Now, I'm going to say this again. I know it's a Monday. Black vultures are eating cows alive. They're not waiting for animals to die and then eating their carcass. No, they're actively eating them alive. And apparently, farmers in Indiana, I don't know if this affects anybody locally, but farmers in Indiana are running around trying to kill these black vultures who are attacking their livestock. So this is the Indy Star. Seemingly every day when John Harden walks out his door, he sees them. They are often are perched on the roof, uh, roof ridge of his neighbor's barn or settled on nearby fence posts watching and waiting. It may sound ominous, Harden said, and in a way it is. Sometimes as many as a dozen black vultures circle above his fields in southern Indiana's Scott County, poised for what they spot when they spot a cold, weak, or vulnerable cow. Unlike their turkey vulture cousins, which are easy to spot with their red heads, black vultures don't always wait for their meals to be dead. The black vultures, now that's a very, very aggressive bird, Hardin says, they're basically waiting for the cows and the calves to die or trying to kill them. So, <laughs> this—I don't mean to laugh, okay? This is this is kind of creepy. But apparently, this has been a real big problem in parts of Indiana where these black vultures are eating people's cattle alive. They're finding the weak ones, the young ones, and they're they're eating them alive and killing them. Uh, so, what ended up happening is uh, apparently there has been a change in the law because they weren't allowed to hunt them. So U.S. Department of Agriculture, since 2016, calls to them have doubled, according to the state director of USDA's Wildlife Services. The Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service with USDA has received an average of 35 calls about black vultures annually in the past couple of years. This compares just 58 calls total in a five-year period uh, to 2008. So um, now we've got a bunch of farmers saying, all right, we need to do something because we're not allowed to kill these things and they're killing our cattle. So now there is a new program. Uh, the Indiana Farm Bureau felt that it needed to step in. US has migratory bird treaties with Canada and Mexico as well as Japan and Russia. These laws were put in place to protect migratory birds which often cross international borders from overhunting. Black vultures are protected under one of these treaties. So the black vultures that have been terrorizing Indiana farms and cattle are protected by the recent 1918 Migratory Bird Act. (laughs) And you thought pretending newts and stuff like that was just a recent problem. The 1918 Migratory Bird Act, under that law, it's illegal to maim or kill black vultures without a permit. That permit costs $100 in Indiana. Farmers can apply for one of these permits through the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, but they have found the process onerous and the cost a deterrent. Yeah, it turns out to charge $100 to kill a a bird that's killing your cattle. It's um, cost prohibitive. So I guess they stepped in, and they are allowing farmers to go ahead and kill these birds now. Uh, Let's see. There's no limit on the number of permits the organization can give out, but it is authorized to take only 500 vultures this year. Based on each individual producer's needs, the Farm Bureau will set the number of vultures they can take, not to exceed five. Um, So, again, farmers get to start killing vultures in Indiana, which means the vultures will stop killing their cattle. And all that had to happen was a government bureaucracy had to step in and change or alter or set aside a 1918 treaty with Canada. Who knew? That's, That's all it took, ladies and gentlemen. Just a just a tiny little tiny little treaty. Hey, um, Governor Whitmer, this is gonna come as a shock. She's corrupt. We're gonna talk about that. News Talk ninety five three Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, News Talk ninety-five three, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, whose proper legal name is Jennifer Whitmer, according to Biden, condemned out-of-state interests for pouring millions of dollars into her state. Hmm. Do you remember when Whitmer was breaking all sorts of fundraising records a month or two ago, and, and I, I came on and I said, wow, it's going to be real interesting to figure out how much of that money that she hauled in, because the, the documents weren't available We had the total dollar amount because the candidate declares the dollar amount, but we didn't know the sources of that revenue or that income or that donation, whatever. And I said, it's going to be interesting when we find out that most of that is going to be coming from outside of the state. Because the idea that Whitmer is as popular in the state of Michigan, for those of you on the Michigan side of the border here, as as what they're saying when she raises $8.6 million dollars. From January to July. There's a lot of people in Michigan going, no way. She's got some diehards in Michigan, as every candidate does, but $8.6 million, fundraising records. Gretchen Whitmer, the lady who gets caught every other week lying to her constituents, unlikely. Okay. So, where does the money come from? That is a great question, especially when she's running around as governor saying, these out-of-state interests need to stop pouring millions of dollars into my state. It's not fair. This state is for Michiganders and nobody else. Well, then then why is she taking large swaths of money from out-of-state? It's a great question. Whitmer raised a staggering $8.6 million from January 1st. By the way, this is the Washington Free Beacon to July 20th, a state record for a candidate. In a non-election year, which, again, does not pass the smell test. Does not make any sense? Nearly 44% of the money came from donors who gave more than Michigan's $7,150 contribution limit. So 44% of the money came from donors who gave more than the maximum allowable amount that Michigan allows. Isn't that interesting? Wimmer's campaign says uh, is allowed due to the multitude of recall petitions filed against the Democrats. So her her campaign, her office is saying we're allowed to take more money than the Michigan contribution limit from individuals. We're allowed to do that because people keep throwing recall petitions at us, which you are illegally not allowing to go through. Do I need to remind everybody about this? She broke the and finally, a court basically said, all right, you need to stop now. The, the petitions are legal. <laughs> yeah. uh, so she breaks the law, which forces more recall petitions than would normally be, and she uses that to justify 44% of the money that she was donated from January to July, exceeding the state of Michigan's maximum contribution limit. Fun stuff, right? Told you she's as corrupt as they come. I've just, they, I, when she was sworn in, I I warned all of you. I said, look, I've seen a lot of bad politicians in this country. I've seen a lot of bad people get into office. This one has the most tyrannical tendencies of anybody that I have ever seen in office. And that has come to fruition. Those predictions, unfortunately, for those of you on the Michigan side of the border, who didn't escape like I did. Unfortunately, that is true. All right, um, we'll see here. Uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, Democrat, of course, oil executive uh, Stacey Schusterman, and heiress and Colorado Democracy Alliance co-founder Patricia Stryker, for example, combined to give Whitmer 750 grand. None of the three billionaires live in Michigan. So just, just so we are crystal clear, Michigan has a $7,150 contribution limit, and three people gave Governor Whitmer three-quarters of a million dollars. And none of them are from Michigan. Wimmer's fundraising strategy did not stop the governor from railing against out-of-state interests for, quote, pouring millions of dollars into Michigan to try to flip the governorship in a Sunday campaign email. <clears throat> so last Sunday, she sends out a campaign email blasting out-of-state interests for pouring tons of money into the state of Michigan, while she herself is the primary beneficiary of those. Remember, everything they accuse other people of doing, they themselves are doing. Everything never fails. You can apply this standard to modern Democrats who are in office universally, and you're going to be right 99% of the time, probably more. Wimmer, who has attacked Republicans for increasing campaign contribution limits and infusing even more money into state politics, also tattered her campaign's grassroots status she doesn't have any grassroots status in the state of Michigan. She doesn't. That's all there is to it. Michigan Freedom Fund Executive Director Tori Sachs said Whitmer lied to the working class through the fundraising plea. She did. Not new for Governor Whitmer. Whitmer's rules for thee, not for me playbook is so well known that Michiganders won't be surprised by the governor's dishonesty and hypocrisy, Sachs said. Um, surprisingly, when the Washington Free Beacon reached out to Governor Whitmer slash Gretchen Jennifer um, for a comment, she did not respond. I wonder why she she didn't respond. That's interesting. Uh, let's see. A July complaint from Michigan Freedom Fund argues Whitmer is not facing an active recall. That is also true. She's not. As the most recent petition drive to oust the Democrat approved by the state board of canvassers expired uh, in late April. Whitmer received three contributions of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more in the ensuing weeks. So the last officially approved, well, the qualifying uh, recall petition expired in April, and after that, she got three contributions of a quarter million dollars. Remember, the the state limit is seven thousand one hundred and what one hundred fifty. Hmm. Yeah, people are giving her a quarter of a million dollars left and right. Isn't that interesting? Let's see, what else do we have here? In addition, three former Michigan governors who faced recall efforts, Republican Rick Snyder, John Engler, and Democrat Jennifer Granholm, did not exploit the situation to accept excess campaign cash. Well, what do you expect from a lady who tells an investing group in her state, hey, thank you for investing in the state of Michigan. Did you know I'm the governor? And I want to go see my dad, but I don't want anybody to know that I'm going to go see my dad in Florida because I just got done giving a press conference on TV telling everybody in the state of Michigan not to go to Florida for spring break because it would cause a super spreader event. But I want to go to Florida and I want to see my daddy. So can you please put me on your airplane and fly me to Florida and I will give you some money, but not much money, just a couple of hundred dollars and that will compensate you for your time. Oh, and by the way, um, since you do business in Michigan, did I mention that if you don't put me on the airplane that I want to get on that you privately own, that'll keep me off of the uh, the public, the, basically out of the public sphere so people didn't know that I violated my own Florida travel orders? Um, if you don't let me on the plane, you're not going to do business in Michigan anymore. Remember, remember how the group said that she threatened them that way? Remember that? And, and then she illegally used campaign funds when she got caught? Well, because she she illegally used campaign funds, she's got to make up for it. So she's raising extra money that isn't allowed in Michigan law. Yet another example of Governor Whitmer breaking law. We've got more coming up. ninety 95.3 Michiana's new channel.